Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Thursday edition of the program, and it sure seems like the Indiana University football coaching search is maybe close to coming to an end. It's always been said that uh, this week, potentially no later than this weekend, and there are some names, specifically one name, Kirk Signetti, uh, who's the head coach at James Madison, uh, is rise to the top of the list. So we have uh, his profile to discuss today. Lots on that. I know a lot of interest in who's going to come in and replace Tom Allen. So we'll get to that just a little bit later here in our Thursday show. But that definitely is the top headline of the day. Mike Woodson available recently to the media, getting ready for two Big Ten games. Hard to believe Indiana and Maryland is coming up just around the corner and that there's early conference basketball coming. But a big opportunity for IU, really for every team in the Big Ten, to make a mark here early in the conference season. So we'll tell you some of what about what Coach Woodson had to say, and uh, plenty more coming up in the Thursday edition of our show. Let's take a quick look at the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. Segment one, new New Albany coach Jason Jones is off to a great start leading the Bulldogs to a 2-0 record, and they've got two big challenge games coming up at the Doghouse this weekend. Coach Jones is going to join us here in just a few moments. Also, later in the show today, it's Thursday, so Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, the latest on IU basketball as we preview the Maryland game, get ready for Big Ten basketball, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Alex is with us in segment two today. And then segment three, later in the show, with all the IU football stuff going on, we've got to go to Matt Weaver. He is the main guy, the go-to guy when it comes to IU football news and this coaching search. And Matt will be with us in segment number three today to talk about Coach Signetti. Is he the guy for IU football? What are some of the other names that have been maybe rising to the top of the list here over the last few days? Matt Weaver with us later to talk all about the IU coaching vacancy, and some other things that surround this process. The transfer portal in college football is preparing to heat up in a major way, uh, and it sure seems like, as I mentioned, Indiana getting close to making a decision on its head football coach. So Matt Weaver with us later in the show. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Try them today for a delicious lunch. Great sandwiches, salads, soups. They're all made fresh daily, and they will surely satisfy any craving you may have. You might even find something else to take home as they have a variety of dinner packages. Give Honey Baked Tam in New Albany a try. I think you'll be glad 
that you did. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We always love to hear from you. IU, IU football coaching search, local stuff, whatever it may be, send us a text on the Thornton's text line. And if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's. And again, that text line number is 502-414-1450. Right now with us is Jason Jones, head coach of the New Albany Bulldogs, off to a nice 2-0 start. Coach, I know we touched on some of this in your introductory interview here on the show, but what's one of the biggest, one or two maybe, differences from Kansas and other places you've coached to Indiana high school basketball now that you've been roaming the sidelines here the last couple weeks? Yeah, I think kind of what I expected is just the the interest level, the, the passion of every community that they have for their local teams and and just the following that, that the sport gets in the state, I think, is just a little different than everywhere else. Good stuff. Coach Jones of New Albany with us to start our Thursday show. Coach, two wins to start the year. One was a blowout victory over Clarksville. And then you went on the road to Bloomington South, which has been a perennial power for years in Indiana high school basketball, a great coach, and just a program that's always uh, winning sectionals, always having success in the postseason, it seems. And you were able to help your team to a 64-62 win on the road. What's the initial reaction? It's a good start, two wins, uh, going on the road to Bloomington South, always a great victory. What's your takeaway from those games on this team here, this new Albany team very early on? Well, I think the biggest thing is that I think guys are, are trusting what we're asking them to do uh, and trying to, to buy into the system a little bit. You know, we had 22 assists against Clarksville, and then we had 18 assists against South, and those are those are things we put an emphasis on in terms of we want to share the ball and we want to really spread it out. And I think our box scores would also show that we've kind of spread the wealth a little bit with multiple guys scoring points. and. So it was good to see the guys do that. And then I, I thought our effort was pretty good on the defensive end of the floor. And, um, you know, our intensity there was good, which was also good to see. Coach, I've heard – I've not seen your team yet. Look forward to seeing a game this weekend. But I've heard from fans at the game that it's quick. It's up and down. There's been a lot of substitutions. Uh, you told us you wanted to get up and down the court as much as you could but would play with the style that you had based on your team. Um, it's been a quick up and down f- f- uh, style so far this season for New Albany. Is that correct? Yeah, that's, I mean, that was our goal coming in. I felt like we had a little bit of depth and guys that could just really push the pace and guard full court and did a pretty nice job in both games of that. Uh, you know, obviously South posed some challenges for us with their, you know, they're just so well coached and they're going to take care of the basketball. And so it was good to see how it worked against a team like that as well. Uh, but I think, again, the most important thing is our effort was there and uh, we can you know, work on rotations and tweak those things. As long as the effort stays consistent, we'll be we'll be in a good spot. Jason Jones of New Albany with us today. I think one of the more intriguing players this season will be Chris Lampkins, a junior for the Bulldogs. I know he's had two nice outings so far to start the season. Can you talk about Chris and what he's brought to New Albany and maybe how you've seen his game come together since you've been there since uh, earlier this school year? Yeah, I mean, Chris just, He's, he's kind of a matchup problem, I think, because he can do a little bit of everything. He 
he shoots the ball decently and he can play in the post and he can put it on the floor and he's just a superb athlete that can really get out and run for us and play above the rim. Uh, you know, I think he's really perfect for our system defensively with his length and athleticism. He could guard one through five. We can switch him on to, you know, we can switch ball screens with him. He can play the top of our press. Uh, he's just a very versatile player that brings a lot to the table for us. Jason Jones of New Albany, our guest here on this Thursday program. Coach, I know it's early, but how deep do you think maybe this New Albany team could be this season? Yeah, I think that's, you know, I think those questions are getting answered each and every time out. You know, we've played 10, 11 guys in these first couple of games. You know, I don't anticipate that we'll continue to play 10 or 11, but up until this point in time, I think every guy that's been given an opportunity has, has given us something positive. So it's just going to be a matter of our staff finding the right combinations of guys. And the way we're playing will require us to have some depth because you can't play five or six guys and press and run up and down the whole night uh, without having some depth. Absolutely. Coach, this weekend, two home games for New Albany. Evansville Harrison will come to town on Friday night. Then you'll get a look at Kokomo and Flory Badunga on Saturday night. Big opportunity for fans to get out and see this New Albany team. Two home games, two quality opponents, a big weekend for your program. Yeah, it really is. I mean, just tremendous opponents coming in this weekend. You know, uh, Harrison will post some issues with their size and athleticism as well. I, I really like their guard play. You know, they got solid guards who can shoot it and handle it. They've got good size, so they they can run a lot of different things at you. And then obviously with Flory coming in here on Saturday, you know, he's one of the one of the premier players in the nation, and you know, KU signee and. Uh, so it'll be it'll be a good test for our guys to see what we can do against some really quality teams. Coach, uh, the doghouse, one of the great places to play high school basketball in the state. And I know uh, immediately upon your arrival at New Albany, it's one of the things you had a chance to take a look at. But you've had one home game. It was a weeknight game against Clarksville right before Thanksgiving. But uh, thoughts on that facility and the fan base. And I know as the season is here, uh, people now meeting, greeting the new coach of the Bulldogs. What's all that been like to take in the doghouse and take in the fan base and how important basketball here is? is in this area yeah i mean honestly it's just kind of an honor and a privilege to be there and be the guy that's on the bench for this team and that's been it's been a, a lot of fun to meet different people that are super invested in our program meet season ticket holders who have been coming to games at the doghouse since the 70s or whatever it might be and just all the stories i've been able to hear and just the passion and and the things that they have for this school it, it's fun to be a part of that Great stuff. Jason Jones in his first year and off to a 2-0 start at New Albany. Coach, I know your focus is solely on Friday night in Evansville-Harrison and the big weekend you have coming up, but there is a rivalry game, one of the first of the area, uh, a week from Friday at Floyd Central. All these experiences so far, whether it's an easy win over Clarksville, a tough grinded out win at Bloomington South, taking on Flory Badunga and Kokomo, this all uh, gets you prepared for the schedule that's ahead, those big rivalry games on the schedule, I assume. Yeah, I think so, and I think it's it's been a good test for us because every game poses just a little bit different scenario for us. You know, there's I've been telling our guys all week that there's you know we're not just going to be able to run up and down and shoot layups every night. You're going to have to be able to execute in the half court. You're going to have to be able to defend in the half court, and you know we want to play fast, but we know at the end of the day that we're going to have to be able to play in multiple different ways to to continue to find success. 
All right, Jason Jones with us, Coach. Congrats on the great start. Look forward to seeing some basketball at the Doghouse this weekend, and we'll catch up with you a little bit later in the season. All right, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, Jason Jones of New Albany. Really interesting to hear from him. Obviously, what a start. An easy win over Clarksville. A great road win at Bloomington South. Anytime you can beat South and J.R. Holmes, especially on their own court, an outstanding win. And some interesting games coming this weekend as well as we all start to think ahead to New Albany at Floyd Central coming up on December 8th. That's really the first big rivalry game of the season. And you can bet that two new coaches for both of those programs still trying to to find their way that's gonna the game's gonna have a little extra meaning I would say to both of those guys this season but great to catch up with coach Jones and really great over the last week or so to be joined by a lot of the basketball coaches locally as the season is finally here and uh, we finally got high school basketball uh, as we're into the past the Thanksgiving holiday and, and almost into the month of December now so but two good games at New Albany this weekend I encourage you to get out and catch a high school game this weekend and if you're just just a fan of hoops and you want to see a great player in Flory Badunga and a Kokomo team that should challenge for a 4A state championship game. Although I mentioned this earlier in the week, they were upset by Westfield over the weekend. A little bit of a surprise. So they're not unbeatable, that's for sure. But if you want to see an outstanding player who's going to go on to Kansas after his career at Kokomo is concluded, you can see Flory Badunga and the Wildcats of Kokomo at New Albany on Saturday night. Text on the Text line, this is from Greg. He said, please mention the election of Jim Morris to the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. He was a great guy. And, yes, we did mention that earlier this week. Uh, congratulations to Coach Morris, obviously to his family. We miss Coach Morris. What a figure he was in the local basketball community and really in sports in general. His time at Jeff, his time at New Albany as a coach, uh, IU Southeast as men's basketball coach and athletic director, a very influential figure over the years, and great to see him get the opportunity to be honored, although he's no longer with us uh, as a member of the Indiana Basketball Hall of Fame. He will be officially inducted into the Hall of Fame, I believe it's March 2024, at a ceremony in Indianapolis. That's Coach Jones and New Albany. Our first segment, we'll head to a commercial break. When we come back, the attention turns to IU basketball as they open the Big Ten season with Maryland. Uh, two early Big Ten games coming up for the Hoosiers. Two very important games, and there are a lot of questions about this team. What's the health of Xavier Johnson and this team in general moving forward? We'll talk about all of it with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, presented by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture after the commercial break. Stay with us. You're listening to a Thursday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Craft Sporting Goods. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday program. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. 
Again, 502-414-1450. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture with locations. They've got three of them, two in downtown New Albany and their newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is with us. Alex, uh, you know, probably ought to start off with a little bit of football. I know you're a basketball guy, but uh, in general, it does seem like Indiana is at least getting a little bit closer to naming its next football coach. Do you have that same feeling? Yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't follow it as closely uh, as I do basketball, but I've uh, obviously been looking at the, the various hot boards, like the one Zach Osterman's had at the star. You know, I, I think Zach did a really good job breaking the, the Tom Allen news and won't be surprised if he's the one that uh, is either close to the front of the line or, or gets that story on the new hire. So I think it'll be uh, – wrapped up in uh, relatively short order is just kind of reading between the lines that everybody's saying here. And obviously with the transfer portal opening up early next week, makes sense to want to have somebody in place so you can try to figure out which guys maybe uh, you, you want to try to keep from going in the portal, which guys maybe, uh, you know, that you're okay with, with leaving and, and try to also start working the portal because Indiana is obviously going to need, uh, some new players, and I know they've had some some guys enter the <laughs> excuse me enter the portal. That I think they're uh, probably going to try to get some of those guys back. So important to have a coach in place in order to do those things, and uh, the timing uh, seems like it's going to line up. So hopefully they get something announced here in the next 24, 48 hours, and uh, can move forward and, and start getting uh, to work on some of those things. And a reminder, Matt Weaver, the football writer for Peaks.com, will be with us in the next segment and we'll really dive into the football coaching search when he's with us here in just a bit. Alex, for now, we've got lots of basketball to talk about. It's a big opportunity coming up for Indiana and all Big Ten teams with these early pair of games coming up in Indiana and Maryland set for Friday. A lot of question marks about this Indiana basketball team so far this season, but probably none bigger at this juncture than Xavier Johnson and what the situation is with his health. I know you had a chance to ask Mike Woodson some questions recently and hear from him. Any update of any uh, substantial information regarding Xavier and exactly what's going on with him and maybe when he'll be ready to return? Yeah, Mike Woodson didn't really give any specifics as expected. Um, you know, he said they're still evaluating things. Well, Xavier Johnson didn't say whether or not he's practiced this week. Uh, just kind of based on what we saw the other day, uh, if you watched that game against Harvard, he didn't look very good in the first half. It was almost like he was trying to play through something that was a little bit sore and then kind of uh, went to the bench for the second half. I think the encouraging thing about that was Indiana actually played really well in that second half, outscored Harvard, who I thought was a pretty solid basketball team by 14 with Xavier Johnson not playing a single minute. So I guess that kind of shows that they can play well without him. Obviously, you want to have him in there, have him available. Um, you know, I, I guess the good news is Mike Woodson didn't rule out the possibility of him playing, but it uh, doesn't seem all that optimistic right now. Uh, he, he did say Malik Renew had a kind of a back injury in that Harvard game, but did come back in the game. He said he'll be ready to go tomorrow. And whether or not they have Xavier Johnson or not, Indiana's going to have to play well uh, to beat Maryland. I know Maryland's been off to a somewhat slow start, one and three, but uh, they have won three in a row uh, since then. And 
they were a team picked to finish third in the Big Ten before the season. You looked at this game as probably being one of the tougher home games, and now it maybe looks a little bit more winnable. But uh, it's going to be a tough game tomorrow, I think, regardless of whether or not Xavier Johnson is available. But I think having him, if, if he is going to play, I think this really helps Indiana's guard depth, which, as we've discussed, Matt now for, for several months is, is very thin and uh, not very proven in many ways. Alex Bozich inside the hall. This segment brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Uh, Alex, Maryland, that's where I was headed next. They are a team that should have a nice year in the Big Ten Conference. Um, I do see this, like you, as being a tough game for the Hoosiers to open up the conference slate. But uh, maybe take us through Maryland. Obviously, the the name that everybody's going to know is Jordan Geronimo, who entered the transfer portal and ultimately uh, landed at Maryland this season. And I'll be honest, I've not really tracked Geronimo so far this season to know what his non-conference turnout has been so far for Maryland. But maybe take us through the Terrapins and Geronimo and what to expect. Yeah, I'll start with Geronimo. Um, He's averaging, I think, six or seven points a game. He started five of the seven games. Uh, He's not shooting it well from three, which is kind of a carryover from what happened in Indiana. I think he just made one three-pointer this year. But, uh, you know, he's, from what I can tell from looking at the stats, haven't watched Maryland play that much. He's pretty much the same player that he was at Indiana, a guy that can do some things uh, athletically and bring a spark. But, not necessarily a guy that you want to you're going to build a team around. I think he's playing somewhere 19, 20 minutes a game. So he'll definitely be in the mix tomorrow. You know, there's a lot to kind of dig into with Maryland. They've they shoot a lot of three pointers, but remarkably, they're actually shooting a lower percentage than Indiana through their first seven games, which I think is probably pretty scary for the Indiana coaching staff when you look at the numbers. You know, they've got a freshman who's supposed to be one of the better guards in the Big Ten, Deshaun Harris-Smith, and I think he's something like one of 19 from three early on. At some point, they're going to start making threes. Uh, you hope, for, from an IU perspective, that it's not tomorrow night, but they're taking uh, a lot more threes in Indiana, and they're making, uh, obviously, a little bit lower percentage. So, you know, I think that could be a big problem tomorrow night if, if they start to, to get hot from the perimeter and make some shots. They, they all of a sudden, they look like a much better team. I mean, they lost to Davidson, UAB, and, and Villanova um, early in the season, but they shot the ball really poorly from the perimeter. And at some point, you figure they're at least going to become an average, you know, 30, 32%. They're shooting something like 23.8%, I think, from three, which is obviously a little bit lower than Indiana, not very good. But their, but their team, I mean, is really built around the trio of Jameer Young, uh, Dante Scott, and, and Julian Reese. Who, Julian Reese, a guy that was named to the preseason All Big Ten team, averaging nearly a double double. He's about six foot nine, uh, a really solid post player. Really intrigued to see that matchup between him and Khalil Ware. Obviously, Khalil Ware's been really good this year. He's got him about about three inches. I think it's going to be a a fun matchup to watch those two go at it. And then obviously Jameer Young is one of the better point guards, if not in the Big Ten, but in the country. He's a guy that can make a lot happen, get to the get to his spots very well, very quick with the ball, uh, can make the three-pointer. I think he's shooting in the mid-30s, three-point range, which is a pretty good percentage for him. Gets to the free-throw line, makes his free throws. And defensively, Maryland causes a lot of turnovers and puts a lot of pressure. I mean, Kevin Willard is – 
you know, a lot of the same principles uh, as Rick Pitino. You know, he worked under him for a long time. Likes to likes to you know try to get out in transition, make you uncomfortable. And I think if Xavier Johnson is not able to play, it, it's it's going to put a ton of pressure on Gabe Cups and and Trey Galloway to be able to handle the ball. And that's a, a really tough thing uh, for a freshman point guard uh, against a you know a, a veteran like Jameer Young who likes to pressure the ball and the size and the length that Maryland has. I think that can be problematic. And, and obviously Trey Galloway uh, did a really good job last year in the Big Ten tournament guarding Jameer Young uh, at times. But for him to be able to take that assignment for a whole game, if Johnson were to be unavailable, I think is difficult. So Maryland is, is one of those teams right now. I think there's something like 58 in Ken Palm. Uh, four and three overall, but they're better, I think, than the record. Uh, the one thing I will point out is they only won two road games all of last season, and it, one of them was at Louisville, the other one was at Minnesota. So the worst team in the ACC, the worst team in the Big Ten last year was the only time they won on the road. This year they're off to a pretty poor start. Again, away from home, they lost at Villanova, and then those two games that I mentioned to Davidson and UAB were on the, a neutral court. So they're at, you know, it's it's one of those games where I think it's a very important game for Indiana to win because they're going to Michigan next week, and then they've got Auburn on a neutral court and Kansas at home. So, you know, if they can't get this game, you're looking at a you know a chance for maybe a losing streak here, uh, and, and that's not really a place you want to be. You know, I think the goal of this this stretch here, the four games, I think if they went two and two in those four games, I think they'd feel pretty really pretty good about what they accomplished. Um, I think you at least have to get one of them uh, minimum. And, and right now looking at the probabilities and everything on Ken Palm, tomorrow's their best chance uh, to get a win in these next four games. So imp- important game, but I do think Indiana's going to have to play better than they have so far this season to, to get out of it with a W. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Uh, one thing about Kelly Ware I wanted to mention, I did see an NBA mock draft that has him number mm-hmm. 22 for the June 24 uh, draft. That was, I think, from uh, Joe Tip or maybe from ESPN, I believe it was from. Yep. Uh, that said, uh, I think Ware has been one of the bright spots of the Hoosiers, obviously, this season. He's improved his draft, his draft stock, I think, to start the season, hasn't he, Alex? For sure. I mean, he's someone that I think all of us kind of struggled to figure out what to make of him coming into the season, just based on the inconsistencies at at Oregon and everyone was pretty open talking about him needing to play harder. Uh, But he's answered all the questions so far. Uh, He's got a great just touch and feel around the rim. He can step out and make the mid range shot. I would even like to see him take a couple more three pointers a game. If if teams are going to give him that shot and Looking at the roster, he's one of the more capable guys to be able to go down there and go out there and make that shot. And uh, rebounding has been pretty good. Uh, block, blocking shots, I think, has been pretty good, too. I think he's going to have to be even better on the glass because the guys around him just haven't really been all that great rebounding. And Indiana as a team, I think the last couple of games has been a little bit better on the glass. But you look at Malik Renew's rebounding numbers, I think he's under six a game, which I just don't – not good enough for the minutes he plays and the position that he, he plays, he's got to be better than that. And the guard rebounding has not been good. So Ware has really covered up a lot of shortcomings for Indiana so far this season. I think he's been better than advertised. I, I think he could, if he continues to play like this, uh, you know, I think 22 in the draft is probably the floor of what you're going to see because 
there's just so many things about his game that translate to the next level. You know, a big that can shoot the ball, uh, can handle the ball a little bit. You know, sometimes when he gets going with a, with a head of steam, uh, he, he looks like he's very comfortable with the ball in his hands anywhere on the court. And, and I really like what, what he's brought to the table. You still, when you watch him, you still wonder, like, his, his personality is just so calm and reserved, doesn't really show a lot of emotion, but he just, he just gets the job done and, and produces. He's been a lot of fun to watch, and I'm really excited to see him in this next couple stretch of games. I mean, he's going up against Julian Reese, obviously, and then you got Hunter Dickinson coming uh, in mid, mid-December to Bloomington. That'll be a fun one to watch, and uh, Zach Eady later in the season at Purdue, uh, he'll have to go against him. So he's going to have plenty of opportunities to continue to to boost his stock, and, and uh, he's definitely looking like a guy who's uh, going to have a chance to be a first-round pick uh, come next June. Talking with Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall, this segment each Thursday brought to you by Todd Coleman's Classic Furniture. Um, the two Big Ten games early, we've talked a lot about Maryland. It's Michigan after that. Did, did I hear you say you think that Maryland, uh, based on Kim Palm, is probably the best chance for Indiana to get a win among those two Big Ten early Big Ten games? Yeah, I mean, at Michigan, uh, I think Michigan's ranked around the same uh, as Maryland and Ken Palm. So, obviously, the home game is going to be a, a better chance. And then uh, I think Auburn's top 20 in Ken Palm and obviously Kansas is top five. So, I mean, this is this is a, it's a difficult stretch. So, hard to, hard to complain about the opportunities that are coming up. There's a lot of good teams, but... You know, I think the thing you worry about if you're an Indiana fan is just kind of what you've seen so far. And really, the the Harvard game was the only one where where Indiana was in control, I guess, down the stretch. All the other games were uh, kind of have to having to sweat it out. Those three early home games, and then obviously the UConn loss, and, and, and Louisville they needed a late run, and you know it's it's been kind of a <clears throat> a struggle to get to where they are. Now you can also say they're five and one. They've really taking care of business but I think we learn a lot about this Indiana team tomorrow night because if they can come home come home and, and to take care of business against a Maryland team that as I said you know they're they're not a team that at least so far under Kevin Willard has really proven they can win away from home I think it's huge tomorrow if they can come out tomorrow and get a W absolutely Alex Bozich inside the hall with us Thursdays on the show Alex always fun to catch up I know we missed you last week with Thanksgiving but look forward to more of these conversations as we get into the month of December thanks for being with us absolutely Matt have a good rest of your day thank you absolutely Todd Coleman's classic furniture with two locations in downtown New Albany the newest location on Veterans Parkway in Jeffersonville and a couple notes for tonight I know everybody's geared up for the IU uh, game tomorrow night, the game against Maryland that we've been talking about. But I believe tonight, Montverde Academy featuring Liam McNeely and obviously Derek Queen, who it doesn't look like he's going to make a decision in the near future. Uh, they take on IMG tonight. That is on ESPN, one of the ESPN, uh, maybe ESPN Plus. So if you want to see McNeely 
and Queen. You can watch them tonight. Then the IU women play at Maine, and that's an interesting non-conference game to go on the road and play uh, at a place like Maine. But Mackenzie Holmes, uh, IU standout, that is her home state. That's where she's from. So very much like a homecoming for her to go there tonight and play. That game, I believe, is also on ESPN+. So if you're looking for some Thursday night basketball, you've got a couple opportunities there, the IU women, and then, of course, uh, Montverde Academy with Liam McNeely, uh, Derek Queen, and some other good players. Players will be involved in that game as well. Montverde is loaded. IMG is always really good. So uh, that's what's on tap for Thursday night in advance of the big IU Maryland game coming up on Friday. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Uh, texter says, I am not an Xavier Johnson fan. He does not produce, and when he does, he is never consistent. On the other hand, the Johnson for Louisville is on the bench. He can drive through any team's defense, pass the ball, and plays like Russ Smith, but he sits the bench. I don't understand. I've not seen Louisville play now for a couple games, so I'm a little bit out of the loop as far as who's playing there. Obviously, our focus is on Indiana, but do appreciate the text and uh, agree. Xavier is really good at times also inconsistent at times, but I think it's really important for him and for IU that he gets healthy and is able to uh, play on a consistent basis and help lead this team uh, this upcoming season. We'll head to a commercial break. I know a lot of people want to talk about IU football and me too. Uh, who's the next coach going to be? It sounds like there is a front runner potentially. Matt Weaver of Pigs.com will have all the scoop for us and tell us a lot more about what we need to know and where things stand as of midday Thursday, could this thing be done uh, come tomorrow, come Saturday? It sounds potentially like it could be heading in that direction. So we'll catch up with Matt uh, Weaver of Pigs.com here in just a moment. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back on this Thursday program, IU football and the coaching search. No better person to talk to than Matt Weaver of Pigs.com. Matt covers IU football for the Pigs.com website. Matt, uh, does Indiana maybe have its guy? Is there a top name in this search right now, as a lot of people are alluding to? Yeah, the top name, you know, is seems to be you know pretty clear that it's Kurt Signetti, the uh, the head coach of James Madison and a guy who's done a great job there and throughout his career. Um, you know, I, I heard late last night, they were, there are negotiations. I, I think those negotiations are continuing this morning and, and hopefully, you know, I, I think the expectation is, is there will be a coach hired today. If for some reason things fall through with Signetti, then I would anticipate IU pivoting to Jason Candle. But I think right now all, all the focus is on getting Kurt Signetti, you know, his name on that contract and him to be the next coach at Indiana. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. Timetable for this, you think, could happen maybe as soon as later today? <clears throat> yeah, some of, yeah, the source I spoke to at IU thinks that this could be, this could happen 
Um, you know, soon. I don't know if they're, you know, when they would officially announce it, but I think, you know, the, the goal is to have a coach. And we've kind of heard that all along that their plan was to have a coach in by, you know, sometime Thursday, which obviously that's where we're at. And, and um, you know, definitely by the end of the week. So if, if things go to plan, then I, I would think that, um, you know, uh, whether they announce it or not, it would start to leak out that Indiana has their coach. And like I said, and I'm sure they're hoping that it's Kurt Signetti and, and they can get started on the, a new era of Indiana football. Matt, in this world we're in today with the transfer portal and recruiting, how important is it that Indiana's new coach is in place when December fourth gets here, the opening date of the portal? Oh, I think it's I think it's crucial, and and um, you know, obviously we've seen there's a number of Indiana players in the portal, and you know I know you know fans kind of you know get get concerned about that. I think there's a chance that you'll be able to get some of those guys back. I've heard that in particular Brendan Soresby and Donovan McCauley are open to talking to the new coach before they make a decision. I know Carter Smith, the old lineman, you know, he, in his tweet put keeping options open, which would tell you he, he would be willing to listen to the new coach. So but there'll be other players out there from other schools. But, yeah, this roster, obviously, you know, you're three and nine. The roster needs needs some work, and you need to, uh, uh, you know, fix the talent um, issues that, that, that are, you know, the roster has. And so you need that coach to be in place, not just not just for the portal, which is important, but Indiana needs to be a program that gets also high school players and develop develops them because I think that's the best way to sustain success at a program like Indiana. Get those guys in, develop them over four or five years, and then supplement them with the portal when you need to. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com, talking about the IU football coaching vacancy. Let's talk a little bit more about Coach Signetti. I believe I'm saying it correctly, who uh, currently is at James Madison University. They are 11-1 this season. They are number 24th in the AP poll, and their season is over. They are waiting to find out their bold destination. He helped the JMU program transition from the FBS, the Football Bowl subdivision, uh, and now to the Sunbelt Conference, obviously, uh, in Division One football. So um, you mentioned some of his prior experience as well. Take us through the profile of potentially the next IU coach. Well, um, <clears throat> he's a guy that, you know, he's been in the Power Five level. He was uh, um, on the staff with Chuck Amato at NC State when Phillip Rivers was there. Um, it just so happened that Philip Rivers, his freshman year, they came into Bloomington to beat Indiana. Um, uh, he was at he was on the first staff at Alabama with Nick Saban, recruiting coordinator at both places. So I mean that's some great experience. Chuck Amato was was a terrific coach, and obviously I think Saban's the greatest of all time. Um, so he's learned under two good guys at the highest level, um, and then you know ran his own program at uh, Indiana University. PA. His dad is actually well known, a coach at Indiana University Pennsylvania, and then also at West Virginia. And then his brother, actually, who just got let go, is the offensive coordinator at Pittsburgh. But it's a football family. Um, he turned around the IUPA program immediately, um, went to Elon, turned that program around immediately. Now, when he got to James Madison, they were already pretty good. I think it was Mike Houston. I think that's the guy. He's at East, East Carolina now. They were pretty good. But to make the transition from the FCS level now up to, you know, FBS and, and <clears throat> you know, D1, and basically not only not miss a beat, but actually – take him up to another level i mean they were fantastic this year uh the last two years i think he's been like 19 and four as they're doing this transition um you know i just i think he's a really good coach you know obviously there's other factors in, in today's college football world with nil and all that but you've seen his personality in some videos it looks like a guy that would appeal to two players even though he you know he might be a little bit on the older side that doesn't bother me um it, it, you know he's, he's a ball coach and i think he would do a great job if indiana is able to get this done 
Matt Weaver, Pigs.com, talking about uh, the IU coaching opening. Uh, Matt, as we look ahead to maybe getting an announcement at some point later today or tomorrow, other finalists for this job? I know you've been all over who's interviewing, who IU has been in contact. Who are some other names if maybe something were to fall through here that could be considered or other names that Indiana considered to get to this point? Well, right now, I think it's just two guys. I think it's either Kurt Signetti or Jason Candle. Um, I guess, you know, it could go even, you know, something could go haywire and you'd have to go farther down. But I think right now those are the two guys. You know, obviously Paul Chris was in the mix. Um, uh, Tom Herman was in the mix. You know, Mike Hart interviewed Justin Fry. Mike Hart, the Michigan assistant coach, a former IU assistant. Justin Fry, who's at Ohio State and former IU player and has been at UCLA and beat Boston College and some other places. Um, you know, those guys, Chris Creighton from Eastern Michigan was another guy that, you know, we, we had, we had heard an interview and Chris Creighton's a terrific coach too. Um, so, you know, they, they had, they had some quality names. They had a, you know, and I, I, you know, we felt all along based on what we heard that Indiana was really going to make, um, head coaching experience a priority. And, you know, obviously Kurt signetti has been a head coach for a long time. Jason Candle has been a head coach for a long time. Some of these other guys, except for Mike Hart and Fry, but, um, you know, the, the, they, they had a good list of guys. I think they had a good mix of guys. And, and you know, obviously, Signetti was a guy that they really they targeted and pinpointed and, and are trying to get a deal done with. But um, it was, I, thought it was, I thought it was a quality list of candidates for Indiana. Um, and, you know, Signetti's a guy that months ago I thought if there was ever a change they should, they should look at. And, and it turned out that's who they did look at. Is Signetti a splash if they confirm this and make this hire and get it done? Well, for people in college football, I think it is. Now, the average fan may not know who Kurt Sinetti is because he's not been at the highest level. But he's like I said, this is a, this is a guy who, I, when I look at coaches for an Indiana where you're going to have to rebuild the program somewhat, that's what he does. He did the Indiana PA. He did the Elon. And even though he didn't have to rebuild um, James Madison, he's taken a good program and made it even better. Um, so I think for people in college football, yeah, this is a splash hire. This, is a, this, is, this would be considered, I think, a very high-level um, – uh, you know, get for a program like Indiana and for a lot of programs. He's, he's, he's a quality coach. It'll be interesting to see if, if he does end up being the guy, what his staff looks like. Um, you know, I'm sure he'd bring a lot of his own guys and maybe he'd try to get some guys from, with ties to this area. That's the one maybe negative is he doesn't have a lot of ties to this area, but that can be overcome, you know, with the right hires. So I think it is a splash hire when, when you talk about people who really know the game of college football. Matt Weaver, Pigs.com on IU Football. Matt, uh, challenges for the next coach, obviously NIL money. We've talked about that a lot over the last year or so, but there have been some reports even this week that with the coaching change, and obviously you get a little bit excitement when a new coach is named, there's been a commitment of some additional NIL monies. Is that correct? Yeah, we've heard, you know, somewhere, and I don't have an exact figure, but somewhere in the neighborhood of between 3 and $4 million for football, which is definitely competitive. You know, it'd be great if you could maybe get that up a touch. I mean, listen, Indiana's not going to get to the 10 to 12, you know, or whatever the Michigan's and Ohio State, but if you could maybe get to, you know, around 50% of that, that would be, you know, they need to be, I've always talked to this on your show when it comes to recruiting, they need to be competitive with the Illinois and the Purdue's and the Minnesota's even the Iowa's and Wisconsin, Maryland, Rutgers, you know, you can name all these schools in the Big Ten and kind of their peers. That's where you got to keep pace with. Those are the teams you got to beat out for players. And, 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 and then hopefully you can start to get up and maybe be competitive against those higher-rung teams. But you've got you've to beat these teams first, which they haven't been doing. 
So, you know, that's going to be a, a big challenge. And obviously rebuilding the roster for the new coach. And obviously that ties into NIL. But getting, hopefully keeping some players that he wants to keep, bringing in some players to, get, to help him out, and building this roster and filling in the talent gaps that exist. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com with us. Uh, as far as departures to the portal, I don't think that's anything too surprising or unexpected after the way the season went and obviously the coaching change. Is it something that if a coach is hired soon, uh, maybe they're able to retain some of those guys from entering the portal or those that go on to enter the portal might still consider Indiana in their re-recruitment? I think absolutely. And, you know, like you talk about some of the bigger names, Brendan Soresby, Donovan McCauley. If you read Kurt Signetti's background, he's a quarterback guy. He's known as developing quarterbacks and putting together offenses and, and receivers. I, you know, I mean, those guys have to do what's best for them. And if, if it was my son, I would tell him, go out there and look. I mean, you don't know who the coach is going to be. You don't know if he's going to like you as a player or you're going to fit his system. Keep your options open. You've only got one, one college career. But I would definitely tell my son, have an open mind to the new coach because you chose Indiana for reasons other than just the coaches. So, you know, keep an open mind. But, you know, I think to me, the biggest guy that I would really want to try to retain, and those guys are important, don't get me wrong, Carter Smith, the left tackle. I mean, this guy started as a redshirt freshman at left tackle in the Big Ten. I think he's got next-level ability. I know the staff at Indiana thought he had that kind of ability, and it's hard to find those kind of players at Indiana. If you if you have to replace your starting left tackle, you know, that's, gonna, that's probably going to eat into your NIL fund a little bit. Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. Great insight, Matt. I assume when we talk again uh, next week, potentially, we'll be talking about the new IU head football coach on an official basis. So thanks for all the heads up today. And thanks for your great reporting and staying on top of this process. Peaks.com subscribers have been treated to lots of coverage and insight on this thing, and we appreciate you joining our radio show. No problem. Thanks, guys, and have a great weekend. All right, Matt Weaver, Peaks.com. He's with us occasionally to talk IU football. And, of course, with you, uh, when you go through a coaching change, uh, more IU football talk coming. There's no question about that, even though IU in off-season mode. That's going to wrap things up for our Thursday program. We'll be back Friday. We'll have more on IU Maryland uh, getting ready for a big game on Friday night. And, of course, the IU women with a game at Maine tonight. And I mentioned the Montverde Academy game with Liam McNeely and Derek Queen. They will play on ESPN Plus tonight as well against IMG Academy. Have a great Thursday. Back with you Friday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.